0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Angels, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, your 2018 Angels. Welcome to Locked On Angels. Keep it locked. Locked on. We're locked on, sir. Locked On Angels. Phew. Uh, that was closer than it needed to be, wasn't it? Welcome, guys. Locked on Angels. I am your host, Patrick Zajac, minor league play-by-play broadcaster, first row rider of the emotional sports roller coaster that is Angels baseball. I mean, ball game last night looked like it was going to be in hand all throughout, with the Angels jumping out to at one point what was a ten to two lead. It was eight to one and nine to one in other stretches. Uh, But Eduardo Paredes comes on in the ninth in mop-up duty and uh, doesn't have the mop. He didn't bring the mop, didn't bring the water, didn't bring anything to get the job done. And Jim Johnson forced to throw pitches. But as always, let's focus on the positives when talking about today's game. Also Thursday, we'll make sure to get your gear grinder uh, right coming at you as well um, for Thursday's episode here. Also, a bit of news. Every month... um, Here on the Locked On MLB Network, we kind of are a fearless leader, Tommy Stoke at FanRag Sports. Um, He sort of gives us all the numbers behind everything that's going on with the Locked On MLB Podcast Network and all that we're doing collectively as a group, Um, you know, who's doing what, who has the most downloads and listens and page views, stuff like that. I don't want to inundate you with all those numbers, but top five, most downloaded locked on MLB podcasts for the month of April. Checking in at number four was us, Locked On Angels. That is awesome to see. And over a hundred percent improvement and rise from the previous month, the month of March. Y'all are awesome. I wanted to give start this show with a quick shout out because I forgot to get it. I meant to do that uh, on Wednesday's episode, getting it ready for the month of May, so we can have a bigger and even better uh, entire month to build on what we've done so far. You guys have been awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. If you guys like what we're doing, share the show, tell your friends, tell them to tune in. It's been an awesome ride thus far, and we are just getting started. All right, let's get back to the day's action, Angels. Clinch the series against the Baltimore Orioles, which they should have done. They'll be going for the sweep tonight. Uh, 10-7 was the final. Should have been 10-2, but of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Eduardo Paredes struggles. None to worry there too much. The only real downside to that that comes out of that is that Jim Johnson had to come in and get the final two outs and spent 18 pitches in order to do so. You would have liked to save him uh, for a little more high stress tense type situation, especially with a series on the road in Seattle against the division rival coming up, of which I will be attending all three games or just the final two is still up in the air right now. Got my tickets Saturday and Sunday. will be sitting there at Safeco Field ready to go. Looks like Shohei Otani is going to be starting Sunday. Absolutely jacked for that and a bit of news Ichiro Suzuki, I don't know that it's been confirmed quite yet, but it looks as if this will be the final weekend of Ichiro Suzuki's Hall of Fame career. Uh, If it does happen, it'll be awesome to be a part of history and just to witness that. Maybe on Sunday we get a Shohei Otani-Ichiro matchup. I'm just even thinking about it, I'm getting excited and giddy about it, so I, I hope it happens. Um, and if Albert Pujols is chasing 3000 going into Seattle, man, my, the 12 year old baseball fan in me is going to be just out and ready to go. I feel sorry for Emily. She's going to be one tagging along, but, uh, she's essentially going to be third wheeling it with the game of baseball and the angels over the weekend. I don't know if she knows that quite yet. Um, but back to the game at hand, 10 to seven, the hit parade came out for the Halos, which is awesome to see back to back games now. Um, But what was even better to see is unlike the first game and most recent weeks where most of the hits were singles and bloop shots, not too many hard-hit baseballs, what we saw in this game was everybody was getting in on the action and absolutely smoking the ball, taking advantage of pitches left up in the zone by starter Dylan Bundy um, and most notably Mike Trout, who broke StatCast in this game. Originally, it was reported that Mike Trout's home run in the first inning went 500. What was it? Was it 42 or 524 feet? I can't, I'm pretty sure it was 542. Um, maybe that's, uh, the dyslexic side of me speaking, but, I I, I, lo- I looked at that when they first brought that up on the Fox Sports West broadcast. I was like, there's absolutely no way. 500 plus feet, that would be up on the walkway behind the seating sections at the Big A over there in left field. He would have hit it. I don't know if the restaurants are over there. or There was a little team store, I think, a few years back. I don't know if they still have a team store out there, but that ball would have ended up on that building uh, somewhere had it gone that sort of distance. Then it was later reported saw on Twitter that uh, – as Basically, he hit the ball so hard and at at such an extreme launch angle of 31 degrees, I think it was, that StatCast simply could not track it. And I think it was, uh, I was reading Rahul Seti, who's been on this show, uh, writes for Halo's Heaven and now for Fangraph, so kudos to Rahul. I don't know if we gave him props on this show yet, but put it together that basically, you know... StatCast, just a factor of all these different types of physics equations, and I'm not Mr. Physics guy. Uh, I don't think that Rahul claims to be, but he's certainly more advanced in that knowledge than I am. He he writes for Fangraphs, deservedly so. But basically, all other factors, they weren't able to truly track just how far Mike Trout hit that baseball. Uh, It was estimated right around 440, 450 um, so Just to give you uh, uh, thoughts about that. Nonetheless, it was 116 miles an hour off the bat. That is absolutely incredible. Just further evidence that Mike Trout is not from this planet. He continues to absolutely rake so far on the year. Uh, and speaking of raking, not really related, shameless plug, housekeeping. You want to sponsor the show? Know someone that does? Hit us up, lockedonangels at gmail.com. Love to work with someone down there. Orange County, Anaheim area. Ton of passionate Angel fans. As I mentioned, top of the show. We got top five podcasts here on the Locked On MLB network uh, of Angel fans tuning in each and every day, Monday through Friday. Y'all are awesome. Let's get a partner that's equally as awesome. Moving on from Mike Trout, Albert Pujols. Two hits away now from 3,000, as selfishly as I want it to happen in Seattle, uh, and have to take a half day off of work in order to make it in time for Friday's game. If this continues, I mean, he's got one more shot to do it at home, right? It's Thursday afternoon against the Baltimore Orioles once again. Uh, It seems to be pointing in the right direction for him, considering he looked very locked in, even the outs he hit. Um, on Wednesday night, were hit hard. He was squaring up baseballs. He was the Albert Pujols that we've all wanted to see in a Halo uniform, and that we were, you know, sort of getting excited for in spring training when uh, news of this, you know, slim down physique came to be. And now he's going to get a shot against Chris Tillman for the Orioles in that final game. Uh, Chris Tillman, despite coming off a good start, seven scoreless innings against the Tigers on Friday. He hasn't won consecutive starts since 2016 for a reason. On the season, Chris Tillman 1-4 with an ERA over 7 and just 13 strikeouts. So uh, if you're a betting man, or if I'm a betting man, and I certainly am, um, I'm doubling down hard that Albert Pujols gets jazzed up and picks up hit number 3,000 at Angel Stadium. If he only gets one, well, your boy's going to be getting tickets to that Friday game. Um Sorry, Alan, my boss. He already knows. I've, I've I've broken down the ground rules for him on what's going down. He's obviously a well-endowed sports fan. Everyone uh, in our office is, knows what's going on. So it was easy to explain um, what exactly is going on and, and why I need to be there if that's the case. Because I don't want to miss an opportunity at witnessing that sort of historical moment. I'll tell you what was awesome to see about this game as well. Martin Maldonado. Coming into this Baltimore series was O for his last 34 at the dish. Now he's picked up back-to-back three hit games. He was a triple shy of the cycle. Phenomenal stuff from Martin Maldonado. And conversely, Cole Calhoun, man. Still struggling mightily at the plate. I know he hit a couple of balls hard today. Won the opposite way to left field. I think that was in his last at-bat. Drove another one to deep right that sort of carried a bit and then died at the warning track. You know, you get that that cool, damp air at night uh, during the evening at Angel Stadium. The marine layer that knocks baseballs down, even though balls seem to be flying off the bat in this one with the four home runs that the Angels hit. Calhoun goes 0 for 4 with a couple of strikeouts, now that average sitting at 168. And I tell you what, I've mentioned it a couple of times on this show now, especially on Tuesdays when we go over the down on the farm report, but you got Jabari Blash sitting there in Salt Lake, absolutely dominating opposing pitching staffs there in the Pacific Coast League. At some point, it has to happen this month. If if Cole Calhoun's struggles continue and he's batting below the Mendoza line, after the month of May is completed, and it might even be before, to be honest. I mean, to be struggling for six, seven, eight weeks, it, it's it's no longer a slump. It's it's becoming like a season-long trend at that point. And I, I fear for Cole Calhoun because he's one of the most likable guys on this Angels roster. I find myself now, not that I wasn't rooting for Cole Calhoun before, but uh, I, I root for him even more so now to just pick up a hit, something to get back on track. Because if Martin Maldonado is coming back around and Justin Upton, who hit a three-run bomb in this one to kind of turn this one into a laughingstock before it got close late, everyone else is picking up their game. You look at the lineup here. Ian Kinsler, you know, not exactly off to a great start, but still hitting two twenty seven. Um getting on base with a walk in the game, so he, he is at least setting the tone, has had a couple of great at-bats as well. Trout is Trout. Justin Upton starting to turn it around with the walk-off job two days ago, and now the three-run bomb. Albert Pujols, of course, um, with two hits. Shohei Otani still hitting above 300 on the year. Aldrelton Simmons has been arguably the most consistent hitter in the Angels lineup this year. Actually owns the highest batting average on the team as of right now. And Zach Cozart, less than stellar start, Hitting 222, but still scoring runs, picking up RBIs here and there for that bottom third of the lineup. It's Cole Calhoun is the true outlier right now, as I mentioned, especially with Martin Maldonado picking it up. And it's getting to the point now where his job is in question. Chris Young, we might see him get some more starts. But again, Chris Young is also hitting right around a buck fifty. So right now right field is a problem area and and I know that Billy Epler and Mike Sosia would love nothing more than for Cole Calhoun to pick things up and take the reins there because Cole Calhoun is the spark plug of this roster he provides energy he's a great role player Uh, and he's become an established veteran in this league at this point you know he's been with the Angels now for a few years he's He's sort of that little energizer bunny for this squad. And if Cole Calhoun gets amped up, remember that that catch he had against the Yankees? I think it was back on Friday night. Full extension, Superman dive to his right in the gap, robbing uh, the Yankees of an extra base hit there. And just how jazzed up and fired up, fist bumps all around when he makes catches like that in the outfield. And I desperately want it to transition to the plate, and it just has not happened yet. Andrew Heaney was spectacular in this one. Don't want to go without mentioning him. Six innings pitch, gave up just one earned run. That is back-to-back, very promising starts for Andrew Heaney. Uh, gets that pitch count right around 86, and that's something that the Angels need moving forward. Because, as we found out earlier on Wednesday, Nick Tropiano now headed to the DL, and it sort of seemed like some sort of nick in his elbow, which gives it it it, it pauses you, it gives you a little bit of concern in that. This is a guy coming off a of Tommy John surgery. Now, the thing that is encouraging and also discouraging is that Nick Tropiano said that this was something that he was feeling in his arm before his start on Tuesday. And and for me, I'm saying, man, if you feel any sort of thing going on, why put even more stress on that arm and potentially re injure yourself after coming back from major surgery? But he was able to grind through it. Hopefully, it's nothing. I know we're just absolutely all pleading to the baseball gods that it's nothing. So now Jamie Berea confirmed will be starting the series finale tonight uh, against the Orioles. Now you're down to a five-man rotation for the Angels. It is what it is at this point. You got Otani, Richard, Skaggs, Heaney, and Berea. Those are the only healthy guys. J.C. Ramirez out for the year. Matt Shoemaker, not sure where he's at with his throwing program. I uh, no timetable right now for his return. Tropiano just j- joins the DL, and Parker Bridwell still on, d- on the disabled list in Salt Lake. So the pitching depth right now, non-existent with those starters out, and it's only May 2nd. This problem isn't going to go away until we get some more health into the starting rotation. I don't know if that's going to come ever, quite frankly. It, we'll see. We'll see, man. That's that's the thing that, that uh, I haven't been sleeping a lot lately the past couple of nights and I haven't been able to to pinpoint exactly why that lack of sleep maybe in my subconscious mind I'm thinking back to the angel starting rotation and and the potential maybe I'm having like subliminal nightmares that I don't remember when I wake up that keep me up at night you know of of this rotation just being in shambles a month from now hopefully that's not the case maybe that's me just being facetious and having some fun but all in all, let's enjoy the win. As close as it got at the end, Eduardo Paredes more than likely going to be sent down to make room for Berea, uh, so not to worry on that front. Starting rotation, obviously, still a concern, but if this offense can get things going, especially into a big series against the Mariners this weekend, get on a little bit of a roll in the month of May, as we saw in early April, that that will be fantastic because this was a franchise. This was a 25-man roster that was built by Billy Epler to be led by the offense with the starting rotation and bullpen, chipping in, keeping games close, and letting the offense go to work. And I hope we get back to that because that is the 2018 Angels at their absolute best. Thursday means your gear grinder as well. What's grinding my gears this week? you need indeed. Gear you know what really grinds my gears? I was going to talk about Trevor Bauer in this gear grinder segment this week. You know, and, and I might a little bit. <laughs> Trevor Bauer, Cleveland Indian starting pitcher, you know, Self-proclaimed nerd had some controversy back in the playoffs with the whole, you know, cutting his hand up on his uh, on his drone or whatever. I don't know. It's what the kids are playing with nowadays. Um, And he comes out saying that Major League Baseball pitchers are using sticky substances and Major League Baseball isn't doing anything to to curb it. I don't think he exactly mentioned the Houston Astros by name. Maybe he did. I, I don't remember the exact quote. But a lot of Houston Astros players took offense to it, quite frankly. Lance McCullers and Justin Verlander clapping back. Same thing with Garrett Cole. Alex Bregman had a great tweet about it. I I believe he actually called Trevor Bauer Tyler, which is always great um, and disrespectful when you (laughs) mispronounce the guy's name or call him the wrong name flat out. But I I question what this stems from is that Trevor Bauer back in the playoffs when he did cut up his hand from that drone accident, was trying to put some sort of cream on the back of his hand to prevent that wound from opening up while he pitched. He was trying to make the start despite that injury to his hand. And Major League Baseball said, no, it's for him. substance. You can't put it on your hand, even though it's not going to be on your palm or on the inside of your hand. It was going to be on the outside. We're not going to allow it. It's a slippery slope. It is what it is. So what Trevor Bauer is coming back with, and I don't know if – if that's something that he saw from the Astros' pitchers, where this is sort of coming from. Obviously, the Astros have completely denied it. Their managers come out and said this is a complete farce. It is what it is. And the Houston Astros' rotation is off to a phenomenal start. I don't know what you're gaining by this, quite frankly, Trevor Bauer. I mean, to call out the Houston Astros in this sort of fashion, making it this public, it creates unwanted attention on the Astros for the first part, but also unwanted attention on Trevor Bauer, sort of like... I I believe Mark DeRosa was talking about it on MLB Network on Wednesday morning. It's just like, Bauer, what are you doing, man? Like, if you have some sort of beef... I mean, maybe do this privately with Major League Baseball. Why make it into this thing? Now the Indians and Astros are going to be playing uh, in a week and a half, and, and this is going to be constantly talked about, this drama, and I could do without it, man. I just want to see the games played on the field between two great teams. I don't need all this going on. And quite frankly, if it is pine, pine tar was the exact substance that Trevor Bauer was alluding to. What he wants is just full transparency by Major League Baseball. And I understand that point of it. If you're going to, you know, turn a cheek away from it, knowing that it's not going, knowing that it's full on going on, that pitchers are using pine tar, all right, fine. Let's then put pine tar, you know, behind the mound. Same thing that we do with a rosin bag. Make it readily accessible. Maybe not all MLB pitchers are going to do it, but at least it's there. We know it's happening. It doesn't seem, you know, shady or as as cheating the game, that sort of thing. but And if you're not going to do that, then you need to enforce the rules of not having foreign substances on your hands. But the thing that drives me kind of nuts and back and forth about it is that major league hitters don't mind pitchers having a little pine tar for grip because what they claim is that if a guy's throwing 97 plus and he needs pine tar con- to control that thing so it's not coming at my head when he releases it, I, the last thing that a hitter wants is for a pitcher to have absolutely no idea where that type of heat is coming because at that speed, it can do some serious damage uh, if, you know, should the unthinkable happen and it catches a guy in the head or somewhere else on the body uh, and do some long-term damage. And we've had a ton of scary moments as it is. Thankfully, uh, none that have, you know, taken a player's life at the at the big league level, but I just go back and forth between all this and and I wanted to bring it up just because I I get irritated when, when stories like this turn into a thing, when it seems as if, you know, allegations and accusations are being thrown around without real evidence and then when the Astros pitchers, you know, sort of fire back at Trevor Bauer. He just goes, oh, no, I wasn't talking about you guys specifically, just talking about the broader scope of things. Just like, man, if you're going to come out and accuse someone of something, stand with it. You know, don't back down after you get called out on it because you didn't think that they were going to mention it right back. Stay with your original statements, man. Don't be fake like that. That's, That's my take on it. What I ultimately wanted to get to, (laughs) in this Thursday gear grinder and I think I saw it uh on the broadcast at Angel Stadium which made me think of it it drives me utterly insane unfathomably insane I should say when you're at a sporting event take a baseball game for instance and the Angels Orioles last night for instance And there's a guy in there wearing a football jersey of a random team. I I think it was a Packers jersey I saw in the crowd. And I'm thinking to myself, you got these tickets, Angels-Orioles, Angels Stadium, Wednesday night. It's May, mind you. So, okay, we got out of the draft. But what are you doing, man? That football jersey has no place in that stadium, if you're gonna go to the game, wear something neutral, man. Like, why do you gotta wear the football jersey there? And and this isn't just a baseball specific thing for me. If I'm at a hockey game and you're wearing anything but a hockey jersey, what what are you doing? I'll I'll even accept if you're say. Uh, I remember the reason I bring this up is because my a good buddy of mine, my best friend uh, Albert, who's a season ticket holder with the Angels, we went on a trip around the country. After graduating high school visited 14 major league stadiums, watched games in a ton of them such as Fenway Park on the 4th of July. we also went to PNC which is one of my favorite ballparks went to Arlington went to Chicago man it was an awesome trip like I said 14 ballparks in 23 days, one of the best trips if not the best vacation I have ever taken in my life and and we would wear Angel Gear in each of those stadiums and it was just to you know symbol that's what we had first of all we didn't have any of the team gear and we wanted to represent the sport of baseball at all these places we were traveling and then when people would ask us why are you guys wearing angel jerseys you know when we were at actually in pittsburgh it was a phillies pirates game that we were at the battle for pennsylvania and and people are like why are you guys wearing angel jerseys well you know we got this trip going on we're around the country we're just a couple of friends from Southern California. This is kind of our last hurrah before we went off to separate colleges and, and, and life slowly starts to take over. We wanted to have this memory together and it it makes for an awesome story. You get to meet some people, tell, tell them about your travels. They sometimes have stories to share. So that I understand the same sport thing uh, that, that I don't really bat an eyelash. If I see, you know, another baseball Jersey at angel stadium, when the game is not contested between teams that revolve around that guy's Jersey, but When it's a different sport, don't be that guy. That's all I got to say. I I, want to hear the thought process. Maybe there's some of you that do that, that listen in. Let me know what you're thinking and if that's ever happened to you because I'd I'd love to know, really. I really would. In any case, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, Tomorrow's episode, Friday, getting you ready for the weekend. Angels taking on the Mariners. Let's see if they can complete the sweep against the baltimore orioles first and let's see if albert Pujols can pick up hit number three thousand if he's one shy i'm gonna get my tickets for friday's game and i'm taking a half day off of work it's just that simple so we'll have to monitor that situation on thursday night at the big a jamie Berea against jesus who was the pitcher uh, for the baltimore orioles oh that was chris tillman right chris tillman Hopefully, Albert can pick up those two base hits and the Angels finish off the sweep, get back to their winning ways, and get on, Uh, what is it called when you get three in a row? A winning streak. Have a great Thursday, guys. Got to get out of here. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.